You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hey gang, a quick note on tech this week. Uh, my microphone was dying as we recorded, and I didn't know that. So um, my audio is a little rough this week. Um, we try to record these within 24 to 48 hours, so we really don't have a chance to, to re-record. Apologies for the quality this week, and I will fix my equipment next week. Um, thanks gang, enjoy. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to the Watch Along Critical Commentary podcast, uh, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, uh, where much, if not all, of Riverdale is filmed. Uh, with me today, special guest co-host during Chloe's uh, parental leave is my dear friend Channing, uh, coming in from Treaty 8 territories of the Woodland Cree, Beaver, Dene, and Maki. And, um... Let's talk superheroes, Channing. Yes, let's. Um, this was a fun episode. We saw some things, some the return of some tropes we've seen before, um, but a lot of wonderful things. And of course, the ever important duty to save Pop Tates. What would be Riverdale without Pop Tates? I one one business shorter like it, maybe it's the only food service is is riverdale a food desert i wouldn't be surprised by this like are they depending on pops for basic nutrition because that's a whole different set of problems but i can that's that's not not real fair what does one do though if you don't have access to milkshakes and floats though really i mean you lose your <laughs> points you lose your vibe and Riverdale is nothing but vibe. <laughs> true, true. I was very um, happy to see a little bit of the uh, discussion around unions in this episode, although it did feel a yeah. little bit forced. It was nice to see uh, them touching on such a, an important issue of the day. So clumsy, so cute. I'll take it. Um, Archie, Archie, union man. Double check. Yes. Healthcare. Yes. Solidarity. Great. Bad man, anti-union, union breaker. Yeah, just like, yes, give me, give me black and white comic book pastiche about this really awful real thing. I'm, I'm game for it. I want the Muppets villains. I want the, the character twirling mustache because we're there. We are, yes. And, uh, you know, it's just not really that off of reality is it i mean it sometimes it feels like it's that clear it was a little bit disappointing to see how quickly uh the common man ditched for the almighty dollar but uh you know we can save some of that discussion for when we're watching yeah um so this i thought thought this was a good episode not a not an enthralling episode um clumsy and cartoonish and on genre and I enjoyed watching it, and it really moved the plot forward. Um, I doubt this will be an episode I think back on as an episode. Yeah, it was, uh, we didn't really get into any particular storyline all at once, other than this this build up to a big battle, um, yeah. the, you know, with the big boss we've got coming up here with uh, uh, Percival and whatever he has lined up. I was definitely curious to hear about this new, the introduction of the ghost train. <laughs> now that was fun. Yeah. Yep. That's some kind of lore drop. Um, 
but and everything about pops is getting so so beautifully ridiculous but they scaled i thought they scaled really well everyone's all the plots ridiculousnesses um delved a few steps horribly deeper uh all around like they the genre deepened real hard this week yes how yeah. i was thinking uh um i don't think there's too much else that i won't readily get to in the watch along section um except i wanted to just poke at the, at the tarot card reading okay tell so, me more what are we looking for this is this is really this is really a heather context discussion because uh, Heather's given me creep vibes. I don't know if it's good and I don't know if it's bad, but it's ominous and she drew the tower. And everything is way too perfect about her. Way but, too perfect. But she's a librarian. Of course she's perfect. Of course I would say that. Um, <laughs> but she's definitely building up to, uh, to some crossover with... Uh, building up to the crossover with Greendale and I'm looking forward to that very much. And uh, I think it's a nice device to bring, to bring this in, you know, with this uh, teenage romance and the throwback to that. And it kind of continues with the, you know, dabbling in the, in Wicca and um, tarot cards. And it just, it's a very fun, not that this isn't, you know, it can be something that's truly some beliefs, but I certainly know of a, a many people who uh, wanted to learn about that in their teenage years. And it's it's kind of that continuation of that feel that we got, that that teen girl feel that we got in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Cheryl's getting to be the weird little girl she, she that was, was beaten out of her uh, and, and do that in the best way. Um, it's all lining up a little too perfect, the way Heather just appeared. She's another witch, too. The synergy, the oh my god, the tell me more about that. Um, I don't trust it yet, but I'm loving the ride that's taking us on. Um, so the tarot. Uh, assuming it's a simple like past, present, future pull, uh, there's nothing wonky like inverted cards. Um, I'm kind of delighted by um, the foreshadowing potential of, of Queen of Wands, the lovers, um, the tower. So the tower is just like blatant, ominous foreshadowing, which is which has been like what they've they've slathered everything around Percival on heavily. And I'm I'm curious for that. I'm I'm game for that. Um, like obvious whoa. Um, but just the beats of like I mean this is this is this all seems well explained in the scene, but I'm 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 a nerd for on-screen blatant foreshadowing with prophecy, uh, especially when they've given us so many so many genre chunky bits to uh, to also chew on and to tie it together on. Um, I don't think it will be an important scene to come back to, but I love the um, forecast of it, um, the ambiguity of the lovers' cards. This card, this um, major arcana that's about choice and temptation and what cost and. Uh, and she's there with with the dream witch, um, and she mentions Tony in the same conversation. And right. like, I feel like we're getting the the fairy tale around Cheryl starting to crystallize. 
Right. Okay, I follow that. Yeah. And I, 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 tarot is a delightful hobby and an excellent spiritual practice. And my colleagues are uh, 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 practitioners. Um, I love it for the, um, I think Jungian psychology of, of like, oh, we're all in one big shared subconscious is kind of bullshit. But tarot is like a fun pop culture version of that in a lot of ways. Like what we project and what we put into, into uh, you know, this interpretation of an image, interpretation mm-hmm. of a, a, a reference, um, a cultural or literary reference built in is, um, so it, it, I love what it can show you about what a character is thinking or feeling or seeing, not only, you know, what card comes up, but what, what's the reaction? It's all the reaction. Yeah. Welcome to Riverdale. Yeah, what is the interpretation interpretation thereof? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Overall, though, I would say that this episode was generally uh, recitative compared to the last episode mm-hmm. where we had, you know, a really big Veronica's aria, um, yeah. you know, and that, that coming into. Um, but it was still very nice, again, to see that plot just move along. Um, like you said, a lot of action points. We've got a lot of things on the on the go um and the 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 stages the stage is set right um and i (laughs) love a couple of lines coming up um you know that this is all making sense is it (laughs) it seems to be (laughs) it's so beautifully (laughs) self-aware just lovely (laughs) oh that scene oh pop kate and some of the scenes he had to just smile through like that actor's not on set enough to know what the hell is happening right now i imagine <laughs> but i guess paul tate knows about the magic too yeah and, well he knows it's haunted he knows the diner is haunted and that people have died there before yeah and his game with the like time travel and train and superpowers and blah, 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 blah. um i oh yes another beat um on the superhero note i love how they leveled up i love how over the last two episodes, in, in big steps and bounds, we've seen the characters level up. A nice resurgence of use of Betty's power. New applications and growths of Jughead's power. Um, we're, we're back to this tempered Archie and re, reinstating that that's the norm now. Um, Veronica, we've, we've just had the big establishing power-up. Like, she, she came in powerful. She came in with the power of Crime Lord. And she just added the superpower of Widow's Kiss as her, like, her second superheroism. Archie doubled up on invulnerability. Betty doubled, doubled up on the, like, warning and emotions, don't ask too much. Uh, yep. Doug had doubling up on telepathy, getting attack mode telepathy. Just, just very, very, very pleasing from the, like, player reward. Yes. Yes. And we saw even a little bit more of that in Tabitha talking about how she's seen, what was it, nearly a thousand or over a thousand different scenarios. And so, yeah, it's, uh, and what, what are our odds again? Two? We have two scenarios? Two. Two. Good for us. Um, yeah, she was the first one to really level up hard, huh? Um, Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Um, 
more to say in the episode. I'm ready to jump in. It's you. Ready when you are. Count okay, us in. Okay, gang. Uh, cue up your recordings of choice and counting off on the Netflix Doom in three, two, one. But Doom. If you're not on Netflix, I'm not sure what's happening right now, but. There's the Warner Brother bad sound that you could sync with. Unless you have a good TV, in which case it's probably an okay cord, apparently. I'm grumpy. Laptop user discrimination. Classism! And we pick up immediately in the beat we were last time. So, Heather's too perfect here. Heather literally appeared by summoning from the past with the answers. And she's a necromancer? I mean, doesn't that, does that not fit? I no, mean, it was, it was a part, right, right. <laughs> it was a power we were missing and they've, they've conveniently found a character with which to fill it. <laughs> they needed the ghosts. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I guess, I guess, uh, drawing morals from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, they had necromancers, and they weren't evil. Everyone was a little evil, but, like, Cheryl's a little evil. Absolutely. Uh, this really cute, like, magic flirting, though. <laughs> like, when did this come up about turning her place into a library? Is this new? I, this I is new. This, this is, is just new. a ploy to keep her talking, right? I this think isn't this is a real new. thing? Yes, that's what I got as well. 100%. The librarian is in front of me. Don't leave. Yes, yes. Please, <laughs> kindly, turn my house. I will give you my house to turn into a private <laughs> library if we can just continue this conversation. It's a little Beauty and the Beast. A little bit... Uh, it's, a, it's a little creepy. Um, that's know, a warning sign. If Heather wasn't in such a power position here, like, yeah, that, you know, that, as I said that, I was thinking, well, but absolutely no one is safe from Cheryl Blossom. Okay, so I know you said that you were getting creep vibes from um, Heather. Mm -hmm. I, I'm i wondering where this, this agent came from. I can't remember their name. I'm, I know it's coming up right Drake. away. Jillian Drake. I Drake, yes. To see if there was a comic reference, and nothing, nothing popped up, nothing pinged. The name does not sound familiar to me. Um, yeah, Samesies. Uh, she knows way too much and is dispensing this knowledge wonderfully, and is also flirting with Betty. Do you get that? Oh gosh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great, yes. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I would love for it to be a normal question for, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, but there's definitely, it feels like there's some uh, flirting, uh, flirting, there's some flirting going on. I can't even there's get the words. My words right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> boyfriend, girlfriend, pronoun check, pronoun check. What's the, <laughs> yeah, how are you? Absolutely. How queer are you going to state yourself to be? Um, yeah, and she just knows everything, also, though. Yes. Yep. 
immediately. Archie, Archie's a puppy dog here, which is interesting. I feel like they've made him kind of sweet and pure this season as far as, like, what Betty deserves. They've done a good job dialing his problems out of the relationship. Yes, it's just definitely very Captain Pureheart. Although I do, I did chuckle over how she's moving over into Archie's place to get some distance from her mother. And we do have to remember <laughs> that she will see her childhood bedroom from her bedroom window. Um, <laughs> her cleaning it every night and rearranging her books and diary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, not what I would want to do if I was trying to get some distance, but... Uh, also not loving this um, social worker, but I think that's more because they are putting like blunt plot driving train tracks in her speech than that she has any actual character personality. Yeah. Um, we've talked about before that these are real, real biases and problems in extremely erratic and difficult to predict custody and, and uh, family courts. And it's super messy. Um, but the way she sets Tony and things up for their bad choices and problems here, I didn't, I didn't love how on the tracks that whole thing was. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely disappointing to see, uh, to see Tony try to step back and just to see Fangs try to force himself into a more stereotypical male role because that's just what might play better with the court. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely disappointing. However, I do think they frame it in a way that uh, still captures that it's disappointing and captures that it's something that they feel forced into. Um, and so in some ways I think they're doing some justice to the characters by showing that they're not, Nobody's enthused. Neither of the characters are enthused about the direction that this is going, mm -hmm. um, which is really what happens when people are forced into these binary roles. Um, I didn't notice how cute that little Jughead study montage was and then the easy distraction of Veronica. And I was thinking about the last time we really saw these two talk in the Next to Normal episode. I'm going to need the garage. Remind yeah, okay. <laughs> When Veronica, yeah, they had a cute, my, my partner's best friend, and we know each other from high school, but we have nothing in common moment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. And I'm delighted to see them now scheming and brought together as much as it makes Jughead seem real sketch evil. Just Vitey, not action wise, not a moral judgment. Just he's, he's got, he's got dark and dark and gloomy and edgy hero vibes now that he can yeah. people's brains. Yeah, that's a little concerning. But, I mean, generally speaking, he does say he's only going to prey on the willing. Uh, is it union? Yes, Carlos. That's the only thing we need to know. Time and a half and health benefits. It's a basic guarantee, America. I'll take it. It's clumsy. But I'll take it. Sometimes, you know, at this point, I, I'm okay with them being clumsy because they're taking a stance. Yeah. Like, hey, even no just, questioning who the good guy is. So this this scene right here, I mean, Tony comes out yeah. of baby Anthony's room in, well, she's carrying a blanket and Fangs comes in from work and, you know, he's taken off his shirt, or not shirt, his 
his jacket, you know, he's home from a hard day's work. The whole thing is just, hmm. it's really painting them into a, uh, uh, binary roles that they just, they just doesn't seem to fit with them. It's really unfortunate. And yeah, looking at where they've started as childhood best friends, co, um, co-parenting along with a third partner, uh, Absolutely. Uh, to be literally trapping themselves in a cookie cutter um, nuclear family build, like yep. getting married for the custody viewpoint, is where we get to by these forces. Yeah. So the cat, kids are evil. Sorry. Kids are evil. Are kids evil? Kids are evil, right? <laughs> I don't think, well, these these kids are apparently evil, yes. Um, it would seem they mean malice. They're evil in training. Yeah. We're going to have so creepy. much fun playing with his tail. What does that mean? <laughs> We're going to have so much fun playing with his tail. Yeah, oh my she goodness. Yeah, all the creepy things, too, and he's just quiet. Good move, Betty. Awkward, but good move. <laughs> I trust your instincts here. <laughs> As the little child glows like a demon. Uh, I mean, these are, they are blossoms. So <laughs> that does yeah. yeah, they are. The I mean, not that the Coopers things. have. Yeah. And it's certainly not that the Coopers have been shown to be any less evil. I mean, we did just, did we just, yeah, we did just find the body. Um, and we did like Hal has been, uh, a serial killer and the Coopers are the uh, the Blossoms but uh, yes it's it's tough it's a the family tree is a circle we're already in rough shape um this scene so breaking breaking gumballs we don't get back to this but there's a few other breaking things moments in this episode I don't know what it means, but I think it's I, it's too focused on to be completely relevant. Is it just the ghost? I mean, that, that would be the read that I would have on it. The ghost's just angry that things are being moved around. Yeah, she just knows exactly what Betty's talking about and rolls with it and gives sound mentorship advice. That's That's normal. I, I, I do think I know some circles in which that would be normal. So I, I don't know. Okay. No, fair, fair. Maybe, maybe fair. these two were at Quantico together. I mean, it's not so far-fetched. You never know. Yeah. And we've, we've established that she is a paranormal expert. She is the, like, Agent Mulder who believes. Yes. Um, now I kind of want want it to turn around that she's completely blind to everything magic and just sees one miracle and freaks out and panics. <laughs> uh, that would be Archie fun. break breaks a train and she freaks out. This serial killer gene. So this is this is a real thing in the same way that we cure cancer every few years. I'm not too familiar with it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the gene itself? Hmm. 
Um, without digging out my undergrad textbooks, I, I will try to get too specific, but um, uh, it was, it, it's pop psych, it's famous as a pop psychology um, anecdote, I believe. Um, it was uh, publicized and promoted and discussed by, um, by researchers as a, a serial, serial killer indicator. And this came both at a time when we were um, coming off of a... Uh, institution-wide tradition of mm, don't 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 smudge with sage you can't do that Heather <laughs> unless we assuming you're the white girl you're being presented as sidebar um, <laughs> uh, neurons no maoa genes serial killers yeah it comes from the time in psychology where we really thought there was a magic test where we could find all bad people and then we were sucking at that for a few decades so we were slipping sort of right back into that pseudo eugenicist biological essentialism sort of things where like your genes determine everything we're still waffling right. around there in the medical community in a lot of really unsettling ways but um but we're far enough into that into the trend of your your DNA, a gene for everything, to recognize that it's almost always a much more complicated um, yeah. interaction uh, between multiple multiple genes and the entire uh, developmental process uh, from birth. That makes sense. I do feel like in this case, it's very much a stand-in. Um, for it, it's a stand-in so that we can talk, we can explore whether or not. Uh, things are fatalist to a certain extent. Are we, are mm. we des is Betty destined to become a serial killer? Um, is she destined for evil? Are these people who have this gene? It, I feel like it's just a way for us. It's a mechanism in this story for us to explore the concept of, you know, whether or not we're beings of free will or whether we have mm. some sort of a destiny. Yeah, that is the level of deep bull that I think Riverdale would take on. That's that's a fantastic call. <laughs> the show does take itself that seriously, and sometimes they actually do it effectively. I love that interpretation. Thank you. Oh, a lot to share. Not a do in, do's in sight. No union fees at my work site, and I can pay you double right now for now. We didn't see this at all ever before with, say, like Fred and Clifford. This has never been done. This is not an old trick. This is Hiram not something has we've seen this. It's yeah, new that no. they're explicitly and clumsily mentioning unions. I don't think it's That's been so true. clear that, that Andrew's Construction is a union uh, company, a union shop. Yeah, That's no, that hasn't been the case at all. Um, now we're back into vaudevillian performance. Very, very roaring 20s and earlier aesthetics in the casino here with the camp magic act using real magic, but just enough. Something really like, like they did with Archie. Yes. So there's... There's more references than I can possibly be getting right now is what I feel like's happening on screen right now. Yeah. Um, I like it. I haven't watched, I feel like I watched a few magician movies in high school, like Prestige was big and then there's a bunch of magician-y movies out. The genre was, I, I missed the genre very much. 
it did did not land when I was a good viewer for it. Um, and I was it's rather. Please continue. I was expecting them to pull more tricks and do more. Yes, a simple reading of numbers is, uh, yeah, that's pretty simple. I mean, but again, you know, one doesn't want to go into their thoughts too much. They're trying to do this somewhat ethically. <laughs> so, somewhat ethically. Um, you don't make money with ethics. Veronica knows that. <laughs> not at all. And back to ghost pops. So I, I, I know that this is a ghost thing and it doesn't ultimately end up being a ghost thing. But to me, this does actually feel a little bit more Reggie Mantle than Percival. Um, <laughs> yes, that that's sort of what this came to when when I was thinking about it. Like this is definitely a regimental thing, but uh, yeah, Reggie I got on board with by. the ghosts. I got on board with the Mothmen. I got on board with the uh, various uh, reincarnations of serial killers. I can get on board with the ghosts. And I love over half of those were were in fact serial killers killers masquerading as other phenomena i'm i if i recall <laughs> true that's true i also yes this scene is yes oops <laughs> that's fun we're at an interesting petty, place in the fun. tension yeah petty but we're really enjoying our characters being petty right now like they're in a bind and we're seeing them pressed i think that's an interesting sort of little comedy catharsis beats. It's certainly something that feels relatable. I mean, have there not been times you've wanted to just knock something over because you were bad? <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. re relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I love these phones. <laughs> I, oh, God. You're right. It's a ro You can't... It's a rotary phone. They don't work anymore. You need an adapter. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I think Curdle has one too. Of course. Um, Curdle gets some good good fun screen time. Curdle Jr. this time through. <laughs> scaring children. You know, she stares at murder boards with her romantic interests. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I feel, though, that she has spent some time looking at murder boards, potentially also with Kevin. Am I mistaken in, in that memory? You're not wrong in that Kevin was the other person in that office a lot. But I also feel like Kevin was always there to arrive, give a messenger speech, and have a reaction. <laughs> gotcha. I'd have to go back to find evidence of this hypothesis, but I'm and I feel like she may also have looked at them with um, Charles as well. Was there yes. not some time spent looking with Charles? I feel like I like I like your your I like your interpretation. I'm just not sure it stands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Entirely possible. I must rewatch it all again. Um. Shaky power dynamics. It's interesting after a couple of episodes of a very competent, powerful Veronica making moves to see her back in the ensemble status mm -hmm. of of um, sort of how much weight she can throw around this episode. I, I wonder how does where she... we're going with Reggie. 
Sorry. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm just so curious. How does she not have enough on Reggie at this point to be like, it's just mutually assured <laughs> destruction. Like, how point. can this be, you know, oh my gosh, you took out the, the, you took out the big baddie and everything's a little bit better. Oh my goodness. That sounds awful. Um, who, who exactly Reggie is has going to done... arrest her for that? Right? <laughs> oh, this, I just bought a car without talking things, ugh, everything. This... <laughs> This is its own special Jordan Peele-ish horror story of, like, the queer the queer collective baby-raising couple degrade radioactively into the nuclear mold, and everyone is unhappy. <sighs> yeah. No, actually, warn me fun. about that. I'm good. I got a warning about the magic. I know he kicked <laughs> you off town council. But uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just going to go hang out with him now. 100%. Money's money. I mean, God, we, right. we grew up in oil patch. Money's money. <laughs> that so true. I, I mean, that, that sentiment is so true. Yeah. Uh. Um, love us. You yearn for connection. Intimacy. Love. Again, looking this looking this up before the show, um, important beat of the temptation and the cost of that offer is also part of that card. Um, anyone who's who's surprised that the tower is popped up, you lose your witch card. If either of you act surprised <laughs> or ominous about what the tower is. Oh yes. That was very foreseeable. <laughs> Welcome to Riverdale. Where does one call? Well, like, you're just so curious, you know. We had the jukebox service two months ago. Where do you, where would you call to? Who would you call to service a jukebox? I just, I just want to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I just, just had it serviced. You know, I had the the jukebox repair person. He was traveling through town, so I had invited him in for a piece of pie, and he serviced it, and he was on his way. Just mind blowing. Like, where would you get that done? Oh, I love it. Years ago, <laughs> that's exactly how it works in these little Middle Eastern towns. I imagine. Um, yes. Currently, um, I'm going to extrapolate from my experience trying to get a Betamax tape player repaired in Vancouver, BC, in you know a major coastal city. That what you do is you go talk to you don't call because that's useless. You go into all of the weird little repair shops that offer all sorts of custom services, and you negotiate with uh with someone who seems to have a lot of skills and open things around them and see what they can do for you. And when you're lucky and broke, maybe it works. That's that's how I imagine jukebox repair would go right now. All Desperately right. screaming in the dark. <laughs> and then it's dark. This is not coffee is there. I wasn't not not expecting this, but I didn't know not to expect this. If that makes sense, this is so. This is rather more outlandish than I was even expecting. 
ghost pops and ghost train. I really want to know about the ghost train. Oh, I'm sure. I want to know more. Uh, well, I mean, you say you're sure we will, but we no, have not. True. It's not like we've never abandoned a potential plot before, or even a plot fully underway. I mean, hello, quarantine. Hello, um, quarantine. <laughs> well, I have still feels too soon. Yeah. How do you feel about Uncle Frank here? Um, also. The most product placement shot I've ever seen in this show came right there while he holds the card up. The card is in focus. KJ Apa's face is in soft blur, and we hold static on the card product. Just, just subtle, y'all, and our attempted rescue. Sorry, your Uncle Frank thoughts. Uh, my Uncle Frank thoughts, yeah, it's hard to trust him. It, it's it, He seems someone who's very easily swayed, right? Like perhaps, you know, he's one of those quintessential people that you're like, oh, he has a good heart, but, and then the but is followed by every bad thing that you can remember him doing. And every time he stabbed you in the back, because that that, that just, yeah, Yeah. you know, it's one of those like, uh, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's an acquired taste or uh, one of those things where you just, you're apologizing for your, your, your acquaintances, your friends that are... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And always, Wait. it's always they have a good heart, right? But... You don't want to judge the friend and their actions, but you sure feel weird about being associated with them. Yeah. Everything followed by a big but. This man was a mercenary for, what, a decade? Yeah. He's got yeah. some skeletons in the closet. Okay, Drake is, Drake and Heather, Drake and Heather are both strongly leading. Um, they gave me kind of mentor, mentor trope vibes a little bit. Like they, they're both somewhat parachuted in, but like introduced as smoothly as Riverdale's time forward in its ensemble. But they both land to deliver huge swaths of information and to guide these characters along through, through like what they need to figure out. It's, right. Um, it's transparency, but I think it is comic appropriate. In a big way. And and superheroes, you know, they often do have mentors, somebody who's helping with the training in the background, and so this it does sort of fit that. Mm-hmm. It feels like it fits that. You know, we've got uh, we've got someone helping them along with their powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some some normies with information. It's uh yeah it, it 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 they're slowly building a few more um, genre roots as they go. I'm I'm enjoying them craft their take of superhero over the season. Like this is one that I am going to be excited. I mean they're all, they're all fun to rewatch, but this this is going to be a neat um, what's it look like as a whole season. Right. Way. Well, it'll be interesting too to think to to see how we drop it. <laughs> I mean, how does one just move on from being a superhero? But we've moved on from so, so much so often that it really does feel like we're very likely to move on from being a superhero. I just wonder, how do we forget that? Or is there some sort of collapsing in of the universes and then suddenly we're we're back at square one where we were, I guess, at the end of season five? 
Yeah, that I don't would know. Be the, last, the last save point. That would make much sense. Um, or maybe we just won't. Um, so I don't know if you've read this, caught this, saw this. Next season is going to be the final. Season seven. Oh, my heart. Been decided in Riverdale. That we're, yep, we're moving towards a closing beat. Um, much speculation is that just like, uh, as per standard, these actors are probably on seven-year contracts, and good luck getting anyone to renew in this climate. Is <laughs> no small part of the the moving towards an intentional end. I love this. Just casual necromancy, and Tabitha yeah. has really like, rolled with a lot since we've met her. <laughs> I love that Cheryl's even a little bit out of her depth here. <laughs> She's also yeah. not invested at all. Cheryl's essentially getting to watch her romance interest do something really cool. What does it yeah. It is wonderfully self-aware, as as stated. It just, it does. We're along for the ride. The train is a moving, so <laughs> let's see where it's going. Alice, the the deep enemy again. Um, oh, I how I do wish though that um, we could see the auras of those people who are trying to gaslight us. Those people who are being. What's the word I'm looking for? Like microscopically evil. Those people who are, um, you know, coming at you with the microaggressions and the the uh, emotional manipulation to be able to see that. Yeah. Oh, like and so clearly, you know, through an aura in the moment. I it, wish. And the way it completely disconnects Betty, Betty from the tirade of personal attacks. Yes, absolutely. To have that awareness, it's wonderful. Even, you know, without the adjacent distraction of my powers of doing some weird stuff now. Um, yeah, the things that, like, the things Alice says here have been multi-episode explosions in the past, essentially. I've yeah. been deep trauma. It's, it's interesting. So, Pops doesn't matter what the building is. It matters where the jukebox and tables are. For what it's worth, I mean, there are plenty of horror movies that use the the concept that items can be haunted. Or, yes. uh, you know, yes, yes. Um, have an attachment to them and that it's not necessarily the house or the 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 building per se but the things within it that grow that attachment so that is something that has existed before in it in in other in other films fair i mean they've fair. got a you know if you think of the conjuring series they've got an entire room mm. full of such items so i guess i i was thinking i was expecting them for a little while to go into the the land itself being the location but so I, I guess they went in a very different direction where where 
the the heart and soul of pops is this this aesthetic gathering point not the yes, building it's not the benjamin the poor it is the benjamin poor paint on the walls that uh, <laughs> that makes it pops 100% a heavy commercial episode i love it yes show us your... it. it's what makes it pop my apologies for that one <laughs> betty can uh betty continues to come to archie and gets a proper puppy dog support it's delightful I'm, I'm liking, okay, I, I think I've discovered that the relationship of extremely competent and stressed and tired person and their partner, the fit, cheerful puppy dog, this is a good dynamic. This is a really appealing dynamic. I guess we all want fancy puppy dogs. <laughs> I was going to, are you looking for a puppy dog? <laughs> oh. <laughs> they are wonderful. I'm sure. Conscious is unguarded. I like how this scene went. Um, I like that they just did a superhero trick and they Jedi mind tricked him and he set up office in Reggie's head. Yep. Um, With a, another stack of comic books just as before. And that was seemed like it was something that Betty had to almost create deliberately, but now it feels like it's something that um, that Jughead can just manifest for himself, which again is just showing the growth and the powers. Yeah. It's yeah. also a little sad to see, you know, the the um, flashing electricity and the rest that's going on in oh, yes. Reggie's no, head. He has right. had a rough time. It's not in the best states. Yeah. This is such a neat little effect. Um I love I love what they're doing um, with the visual vocabulary around the superpowers. Um, I thought they made great progress with that this episode, um, like that scene we just saw. Um, the distinguishing cues. Mm-hmm. About that, about that thing. thing uh, <laughs> that I'm going to blackmail you about the thing. Yeah, you remember the thing. Just remind me, what was the thing again? <laughs> Veronica also pivots comfortably into, okay, there's superpowers. I'm going to go back to capitalizing on that. She is a capitalist. She's got a knack for what she does. Oh, helpful ghosts. Especially after they electrocuted that guy. That's a fitting apology, I suppose. Here, we unplugged it for you. Ominous Uncle Frank. Stealing pops. There's your puppies, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I, I, you, I did hear a couple of puppy dogs in the background there. My apologies. I welcome and highlight guest pets. Usually we have cats. It's a nice mix. I have a cat around here somewhere too. <laughs> Death magic. I was taken in by a group of women. Sabrina's aunts, more or less. I went to a I dark mean, school and did dark. Yes, <laughs> but potentially also just like it's definitely Greendale, but like that could also technically fit the farm. Or the sisters. Oh, oh, you are right. Uh, uh. 
companies. Yeah. I, yeah. I, again, do we full the ambiguity and mystery of Heather? There's ambiguity and mystery to Heather. What a it does wild coming out allegory. For this delightful flirting between these these childhood crushes. Delightful, strange, but interesting. Something about these um flat shots, it's like straight on mid mid portrait. They used mm-hmm. them they used them a bunch this season. I don't it, it's gently disorienting in a way that I think is intentional, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Hmm. It's out. There's I suspect that right going there. back and watching things uh, for a second time, and you know, as a as a continuous, hmm. as something as a continuous watch as a binge, that it would start to make a little bit more sense. I suspect. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to do. I certainly haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch, but. I suspect that things would um, become a little bit more clear as to what they're trying to do there with that. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah, I'll just conveniently uh, get rid of you here. <laughs> yeah, I think you know somebody else could use a hand over elsewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. Not what you just leave. At all. Yeah, nothing to see here. You know, Betty's powers—they—they they settle into that doesn't seem that useful to me. Quite, quite comfortably in my brain until it's really, really useful. Just, just once in a while, it's like, oh, that one's a serial killer. Oh, that one's going to betray us. And very relaxed. Yes. In between that, she's an investigator. Yeah, that is a very useful set of tools. It will be interesting to see uh, how that comes into play when we find TBK. Mm-hmm. And we must assume they will. Now I can I feel like we can safely assume TPK will be a big a big end beat Betty plot. Maybe we won't see T. There'll be something about TPK that we won't be able to see his aura. Well, we, yeah, we couldn't before, right? Or has she? Well, we couldn't see anybody with the MAOA, right? So. Um, yes. And bef- when the last time she's seen TBK, we haven't seen anything. Yeah. So it would be yeah. curious to see. I, I'm curious to see if there is a, an additional blind spot we're not aware of yet. Yes. yes also, yes. has she seen Percival? Yes, she must have. I think, I think so. I'll have to she doesn't seem that. to remember seeing his aura. Hmm. Yeah, he certainly seems sociopathic and serial killer yeah. Benjamin Moore. I love that they just. <laughs> I love that they just. They, they have they have chandeliers like they have lamps. You know, <laughs> this is a this is a this is a boxing gym, right? Like this is a boxing yep. gym, and and we've already installed lighting, like this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hey, that's when lovely. You own the construction company, I guess. Yeah. I guess, I guess they couldn't just like lift the building up and move it. No one tried well, that's that. what I thought they were going to do. Like it, it's it, it is a trailer of sorts, isn't it? Like a. Do they not realize that's, that's what it looks like? Do the writers not realize that's an option? Mm. Mm. 
this is an uncomfortable scene, completing a real down spiral arc for these two episodes. It is. You know, sussing out all the things wrong with what's happening to and around and with them um, does give me some hope that they are, there's, there's, um, there will be a conscious and satisfying follow up in this beat, in this arc, that we're going to use some of this pain to go somewhere in the story. Is this. I think maybe it feels particularly like we're talking about, you know, not enjoying the social worker. And I think to see her in this case, it, it seems like Tony is seeing her solo. And then to, to get this sort of, you know, you need to be married or a strong hint there too. Um, yeah. It really does feel quite manipulative. It, but it might, it's probably not wrong. I mean, to, if that's the, what, if you ended up, if they ended up with a conservative judge, it, it might not be wrong and it's might not be bad advice, but it's still bad advice. Yeah. Cause it might be right. Fixes. Still wrong. <sighs> so I, I'm waiting for Tony powers. That's, I'm waiting for Tony Powers, and I'm guessing it's going to have something to do with separation from Baby Anthony. Could be. So what's, what's she been building this season? That's That seems to be the circling terror. Yeah, um, Both absolutely. set up in Rivervale and since. Oh, Rivervale, I do not miss you. <laughs> Sorry Change to everybody else who is... Oh, goodness. Too much. What a strange time that was. <laughs> uh, this, this was... I liked this twist. This gave me really good horror vibes. Twist. Yeah, but whatever could it mean? Mm. Yeah. She keeps... She keeps trying to interpret like Maybe your powers are seeing this or that or not because of this or not because of that. And, um, but this, none of it sort of fits with your glowing at yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that kind of wonders if there could potentially be, a, like, I, I, it's, a, it's a long shot, but if there could be some sort of tie-in to Abigail trying after another uh, Blossom mm. body, right? I mean, she went after Cheryl because, uh, you know, she thought that Cheryl had the the appropriate body suiting her, um, and oh, yes. Betty is another another blossom. And so, I, I kind of wonder. I feel like it's a long shot, and I don't think that that's actually what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. um, but Betty definitely has some inner demons she's going to have to to come to terms with. I just don't know what that. What does that inner demon look like? Yeah, and we're looking at this with a superhero genre lens. Um, I'm much more gung-ho to tackle Betty's inner darkness than I have been since season one. Um, something about this genre, that genre, lets me buy into this particular type of hyperbole without scoffing too hard. Right. Well, I think we're just dealing with a Betty who... who 
I mean, for one, she's got some some of the support that she needs, which is in puppy dog, Archie, which is fine. Um, but then also yet her her seeing the gaslighting and really like she's always known that her mother was crazy for for example mm-hmm. but she yet it still seemed to have a power over her and then when we see this in this episode where it she really does see, see it and it does not hold a power she doesn't even get angry she just says yeah. you don't mean those things right like we don't see that anger reaction that right. that we see as you know a teenager when your your parent like you, know, you say a teenager goodness i'm 34 my mom still pushes my buttons <laughs> and you know like, like but you don't see that angry response you just see you know an adult an educated adult seeing that for what it is and and being just done with it and i think that you know when we see that we see her having grown and i just i i feel like it when you say like i agree with you i'm ready to see her tackle those demons because i think she's she's ready to take to tackle them herself um and you know with this this super this super circle around her um you know, this just seems like what a, that there's a great, um, there's some great resources to do that as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Bring on the demon Betty. <laughs> they're building, they're building really well this episode. They built, they, they've added some really cool features to this world and lore building and world building. So I'm psyched for next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's also quite nice. It's quite interesting to see. Um, I mean, Cheryl so often seems to use her. Uh, just just thinking over to Cheryl, she often mm-hmm. seems to use her Nana Rose as a uh, as the the go to person for all informations. Yep. And we do see a shift in this episode, and I'm I'm a bit curious about that because we didn't get to see Nana Rose at all, um, mm-hmm. and I wonder what comes for her character um, or if. Uh, or perhaps we're perhaps done with that Baba Yaga. I yeah I I wouldn't be shocked, and I, I'm almost expecting her character to settle into background a little bit, um, given that there's this bigger fish. Um, I doubt. Like I'd be shocked if they used up the character. I'd be shocked if they made her into an actual antagonist, despite something Agatha into her grandchild's body for no apparent reason, like. <laughs> I, I feel like she is going to be the ambiguous, sketchy, dark corner figure giving cryptic advice, probably through to the end. Um, and in stepping in with a new, um, with a new mentor, with a new thread of magic, um, I'm excited by the the um, the lack of rules of where that can go. We're not we're not following a Nana gives creepy advice plot. We are messing with some other kind of powers. Right. Very different witching. Very different indeed. Um, but I, but I'm I'm interested. I'm in for this. I'm I want to see more, and I'm looking forward to what they bring us next week. It's coming together nicely. All right. Uh, seven or eight-ish episodes left in the season. Down, down, down. Um. See you next time, gang. Uh, I'm trying to do a same bat time, same bat channel thing, but there's really no, there's, there's no, 
It doesn't it doesn't work with Archie, does it? <laughs> no, not quite. It's a little forced. Bye, girl. Take care.